Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Future Brew, Michigan football recruiting right here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon, and with me, as always today, my partner in crime, my Maze and Brew football recruiting contributor, John Simmons. Johnny Boy, how you doing today, man? I'm good. Woke up to a nice uh, mid-April snowstorm today, so classic <laughs> spring weather. Yeah. You 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 must have got what we had here in Michigan on Monday. Uh was not fun. I can confirm that. It snowed pretty much all day. Um was not expecting that. But you know what? In Michigan and I guess just with weather in general, expect the unexpected. Um so hopefully hopefully that was it. Knock on wood, hoping that's the last time we had to deal with that this year. Uh but let's move on to our main topic here today, and we're really just going to wrap about the spring evaluation period for the 2023 football recruiting class, because uh, this week started this spring evaluation period. And if you're not super familiar with it, I'll just give you a, a brief rundown of what happens during this period here. So college coaches, uh, they can go to uh, really anywhere across the country and check out their top targets. Uh, the one, I guess, caveat here is that they cannot speak to the recruits in person. So the communication has to be uh, relayed from a high school coach or a parent or a teacher or a trainer, pretty much a second party. So Jim Harbaugh can't go talk to X recruit 
uh, in person. It, it has to be uh, divvied up a different way. But once the college coaches, le- you know, leave the high school or or wherever they're at, uh, they can then reach out to the recruit over the phone, like calling or texting, email, etc. It, it's a very strange caveat to the spring evaluation period in which I kind of don't understand it, John, personally. It, it's really weird to me. Um, but it is what it is, right? So the, it's not just Michigan that has to deal with this. It's every college that has to deal with this. But if they have recruits that they're going after that are playing uh, basketball or, an, or spring sport, baseball, uh, you know, anything else that's going on, uh, they can go to uh, that athletic event and check them out in person. So I guess the recruit could see them in the stands. Um, although, again, they can't talk to them. So I thought it would be fun if uh, John and I went through our top five recruits that we think Michigan should prioritize, roll out the red carpet for during the spring evaluation period. Now it's not going to be like an official visit or any kind of visit uh, to where the coaches do really roll out the red carpet and give them uh, preferential treatment, so to speak. But these are the recruits that we really think Michigan should pinpoint and highlight uh, during this uh, spring evaluation period for the 2023 class. So, um, John, uh, we, we compiled our top five list here before we recorded. I have no idea uh, what your top five list is, nor do you know what my top five list is. So I, I don't know how similar or different this is going to be. So I'm pretty looking forward to uh, listening to what your list is. So uh, start with your number five, and then I will uh, go into my number five, and we'll kind of compare notes here as we go along. So go ahead with your number five uh, on your list. Sure. Uh, my number five is going to be a guy who's not super highly ranked, but I think he's kind of blown up on the trail a little bit right now, and I think it would be good for Michigan to kind of see him work out in person if they can, and that's uh, Idaho's uh, Kenyon Sadiq. The, he's listed as an athlete right now, um, either linebacker or tight end or wide receiver, but looks like Michigan is going to recruit him on the defensive side of the ball right now. Um, you know, they had success last year getting Idaho's number one player um, in tight end Colston Loveland. So I think they yeah. um, have some good connections out there. So, uh, you know, this is a fairly new target to the board. He just got offered a little bit ago, but he's already um, kind of blown up into a big time player for them. Um, he did get an offer from Oregon recently too, I believe, or, yeah. um, and that, you know, he was talking about that as his dream school and stuff. So I think they're kind of tough to overcome, but um, you know, Utah, Iowa state's always good with early evaluations. He has some good offers as well. Um, and he's just really, really fast. I think he's uh, kind of like, um, and a Kobe Dean or Devin Bush type guy who just speed is his game at linebacker. Um, and I think he'd be a really cool guy to see and uh, evaluate live. Yeah, that's a really good pick, John. I, I didn't honestly did not have Kenyon Sadiq on my list at all, but I certainly understand where you're coming from uh, with that selection. And yeah, not a highly ranked kid whatsoever. He's number 529 on the composite. 24-7 in their personal rankings, though, have him a lot higher at number 220 overall. Uh, between their rankings and the composite, he's the clear-cut number one player in the state of Idaho. 
at 62205. Yeah, you're right. Speed is the name of his game. And I like how he is a multi sport athlete. He plays football, he plays basketball, he plays track and field. Uh, and that's going to kind of segue into my number five on my list because he also uh, plays multiple sports. He plays football, basketball, and he's a wrestler. Very highly athletic offensive lineman in uh, Charles Jagusa. And uh, he's the number one player in the state of Illinois, top 100 overall, number eight uh, offensive tackle in the country. And uh, this is going to be one of those battles between Michigan and Notre Dame uh, in really up until the very end, I think, because those are the top two schools for him at this time. He's 6'6", 308 pounds. So he certainly has the um, the athleticism, the height, the uh, size to play left or right tackle. So I, I certainly do think he's going to be a tackle at the next level. Very highly athletic prospect, as I mentioned. And just one of the few offensive tackles that Sharon Moore is really going all out for. Um, and there are a couple other uh, guys like Caden Green being uh, another one off the top of my head. Uh, that's a top 100 guy uh, that Sharon Moore is recruiting heavily. Um, but Charles Jagusa is uh, really... In, in, for my money, at least, probably the best offensive tackle prospect that Michigan is recruiting uh, heavily in this cycle. So he is my number five uh, on my list here, John. Any thoughts about him? Do you do you know you don't have him later, do you? Or am I going to no, spoil your your list? Okay. Oh, any thoughts about him uh, being my number five? Yeah, I think it's a good pick. Um, he was just on Michigan's campus. He kind of took like back to back visits to Notre Dame. In Michigan, um, and those are kind of the two schools that he's considering the most right now. So I think it would be, it's good to to you know kind of go back to his high school right after that and see him um, try to keep their momentum going because you know from all accounts it seemed like Michigan really gained a lot of ground on that visit yeah. and narrowed the gap with Notre Dame. So just try to create that as much momentum as possible in that recruitment. So. Um, my number four is also kind of a Michigan Notre Dame battle, which there's a lot of this cycle. Um, but it's going to go to Michigan's uh, favorite recruiting ground, Massachusetts, <laughs> and uh, pick uh, Bobacar Traore, who uh, is in four star edge. He was committed to Boston College for a long time, but recently decommitted. And after he decommitted, it kind of seemed like Notre Dame was he was just going to pick Notre Dame right off the bat. Um, he got a bunch of crystal balls and that was kind of the consensus, but since that happened, um, he hasn't, there hasn't really been much movement here. You know, he, um, I think he's a guy that Mike Elston really connected with when he was at Notre Dame and, uh, being from Massachusetts, you know, Michigan always has a shot with those guys. Um, so I think it's just notable that, you know, nothing, he didn't make that initial commitment to Notre Dame after decommitting. And I think that kind of opens the window, for Michigan to get in here and kind of uh, catch up ground here as well and try to get them up for a visit and uh, swing the momentum in their favor. So I think going out there to mass and, um, you know, going to his high school and evaluating him live would be a a good option uh, to try to get that spark going and get their foot in the door. Yeah. Agreed. Once a Boston college commit decommitted and his recruitment really just, took off after that Michigan and Notre Dame being the two and 
And John, we've we've got an article from you in the works about Michigan and Notre Dame recruiting battles, which will be on mazeandbrew.com in the very near future. Um, check that out because there are so many going on in this 2023 class alone. I mean, they, they usually go head to head for a lot of prospects, but this year it's just, it's kind of ridiculous, but uh, that's a good pick, John, uh, for your number four spot. I think D line, it's certainly a position that they've really hit the ground running for since Mike Elson has uh, come over from Notre Dame. And that's probably a big reason why uh, they're going head to head for so many prospects, including defensive linemen, several um, including a couple that are currently committed to Notre Dame. Uh, I'm going to stick with the offensive line, though, for my number four spot. And it's a prospect that you probably would have imagined uh, Michigan would have gained a commitment from long ago, but it just hasn't happened uh, because Michigan has is seemingly cooled on him. And that's Amir Herring. Uh, it, it really seemed like Sharon Moore and Michigan, like I just said, have, have really cooled on him. And I don't really know why. If I'm being honest, John, because he's a four-star kid, he's born in the state of Michigan, plays at West Bloomfield, a place where Ron Bellamy used to be the head coach at. I, I just don't understand why they wouldn't want to take a commitment from Amir Herring, just a very highly regarded kid, um, a very academic kid as well, which is something that Michigan really values, um, and, and it's just I, I'm, I'm really not sure why the communication hasn't been strong in recent weeks, but I think they should pick up the pace here a little bit and zip on over to West Bloomfield. It's probably all of 30 or 40 minutes away from Ann Arbor. So it's just a, a jump skip and a hop away. It's not like they got to take a plane all the way to uh, across the country to see this kid. But uh, if they want him in the class, I think uh, uh, they need to get on him uh, communication wise pretty quick because he's starting to be a little bit more receptive to some of the other schools who are uh, continuing to reach out to him and recruit him harder than Michigan has at this point. So Amir Herring is my number four on my list. Um, John, want to go over to your number three, or did you have any thoughts about Amir Herring in general? Uh, No, I think you covered it. Maybe Ron Bellamy still has his keys to get into West Bloomfield there. (laughs) And he can just stop on by whenever he wants. You 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 would think so, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, a guy that Ron Bellamy's probably is recruiting and should be visiting, and that's a uh, Miami five star Jalen Brown, um, who was recruited hard by Josh Gaddis before he left to, for Miami. Um, and Bellamy's kind of taken the reins here. Um, you know, if I had. If we if Michigan had any recruiter on him, um, Bellamy has the best shot of getting him um, up to Michigan. You know, there's talk about him visiting for the spring again soon with his family, which will be huge. But uh, just going down there and showing your interest, um, you know, keeping Michigan at the top of his mind is important. With there's a lot of allure from the southern schools, um, especially you know Miami's making a big splash right now, and it'd be enticing to stay home with Gaddis there. Um, but I think Michigan still hasn't given up and picked up the communication a lot um, in recent months. So just getting down there, uh, showing him some love and then getting him back up on campus um, for spring or summer would be huge. You know, I'll be completely honest with you, John. I don't have any wide receivers on my list whatsoever, but if I did pick one, he would be the one because that's, the guy that you would imagine Michigan has the best shot with out of all of the highly regarded 
like like all the five stars like him and they were recruiting uh Brandon Innes for a little while and, and there are so many other highly ranked wide receivers that Michigan's in play for but he's certainly the one that you would just want to really go all out for Desmond Howard uh having the connection there but it really just all comes down to getting him back on campus and uh yeah you're right I mean potentially if they uh, go check him out during the spring evaluation period maybe it'll um really pique his interest with Michigan and and get him out for a visit it sounds really sounds like he he might get out for a visit anyways uh but it certainly would not hurt uh to uh, reinvigorate that interest so my number 3 John I'm going to stick in the state of Florida and it, it's a guy that Michigan already has committed to the program and that's linebacker Raylan Wilson the uh four star uh he had committed to Michigan a, a little while back but Georgia, Alabama, some of these other SEC schools are on his tail. He's among the top linebackers in the country, which is a huge position of need for Michigan in this class. So I think Michigan really has to go all out to keep him in the fold in this class. He's a top 100 player, one of the top linebackers uh, in the nation. I, I think he's one of the better ones for sure. I mean, every talent evaluator thinks so, but I was really excited when Michigan got his commitment. I think he's a really, really good linebacker, uh, really good player. So they need more guys like Raylan Wilson uh, in the fold. And uh, if they lose a guy like him, uh, it just would be back to square one for linebackers in this class. So uh, I, I think he is, should be prioritized, even though he's already committed. But if I were Michigan, I would treat him like an uncommitted player at this point. So Raylan Wilson is my number three player on my list. Any thoughts from you, John, about that? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I think he has to be priority. Um, I think I already saw a tweet today that George Hilo and um, Jesse Minter were down there in Florida uh, at his high school. So I think they had the same thought as you that, you know, as soon as they can, they need to get down there and uh, make it clear to him and his coaches and stuff that that he's still priority and uh that they want him in this class so um I think that's that's great that they're already on it and going after him because yeah keeping him in the fold uh would be huge for Michigan's class and you know Mm -hmm. it's going to be a struggle to the to the finish line I think to keep him in there but they're doing uh I think they're on top of the ball here um already going down there to visit him um so I think you know it's a good start just you know a long way to go in this one yeah Great news. Absolutely. I didn't see that. So thank you for that, John. What's your uh, number two? We're, we're getting to the nitty gritty here, John. Who is your number two on the list? <laughs> All right. You mentioned him earlier briefly, but I'm going to go with Caden uh, Green, the oh, top okay. 100 tackle from, uh, I think he's technically from Illinois, but basically St. Louis. Missouri, um, Illinois, Missouri, Midwest, yeah. somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, Michigan got him up on campus. Uh or in the past couple of months, um, which is, I think, a couple times, actually, um, which has been good. He, they've really staked their claim as one of his top two schools. It's either them or Oklahoma, I think, at this point. Um, you know, he grew up in Oklahoma, and there's kind of word that he would already be committed there if Lincoln Riley didn't leave. Um, but Michigan's really doing their best here um, and kind of staking their claim. Um, I think there's a couple of coaches out there out in Missouri Today, I didn't see uh, Green School specifically, but I, I know that Sharon Moore and Jay Harbaugh are out there offering kids. 
from that area. So I think they're also on and going after him, which is important because, you know, he's another top tackle like Jagusa who could uh, really shape the offensive line here. So I I think if they could pull him away from Oklahoma, that would be a massive recruiting win. Um, He already has his official visit scheduled for the June. Um, So he's going to take his officials then decide over the summer, probably. So just kind of keep up, keep up the contact with him and keep showing him love. Yeah, he like I said earlier when I was mentioning uh, Jagusa, I, King Green would be that other offensive tackle on my list for sure um, if they're going after. Because offensive line is going to be a huge priority in this class as well. They only had uh, a couple in the previous cycle. And I, I know they had uh, Andrew Gentry also, I guess, technically considered in the last recruiting cycle, but you definitely want to take a couple tackles in this class and Caden Green, uh, Jagusa, those are the top two um, for me at least. So that's a really good pick by you, John, for your number two. I'm, I'm going to flip over to D-line finally, and uh, I, I'm just going to say this. He's my favorite prospect in this class, and quite honestly, it isn't even close. He is uh, an absolute freak show athlete, and uh, his name is Nicholas Harbor. He's a five-star. Um, I mean, this this is a very winnable recruitment for Michigan. Uh, it really seems like he has um, – really, it seems like Michigan has stood out to him in his recruitment up to this point. Now, there are going to be a few other hard-hitting programs uh, along the way for Michigan to take down in this recruitment, but it's certainly a winnable one. He's 6'5", 240. Um, I know the weight, it seems like the weight's been fluctuating. I've seen 220, 230, 235, 240. So he's somewhere in that range, uh, but he's a track star, uh, has Olympic quite honestly, like he could be an Olympic athlete for track and field. If he wanted to, uh, he ran a 10.32, 100 meter dash time, and then beat that with, uh, recently, I think this past weekend, it was, it was a 10.28, 100 meter dash time uh, on the track and field. So it, it's just it, incredible uh, the type of athlete this kid is at 6'5". Um, and and not, not many people that tall and that big can run that fast. So he can excel on either offense or defense. He could be like a flex, big wide receiver, tight end, kind of just throw it to him and he'll do his thing. But I think he's best put at defensive end to let him terrorize opposing QBs kids like him don't grow on trees so I would put him at one of the most important positions on the football field at defensive end and I really think Michigan has a legit shot to land him so they should continue to go all out for him uh, especially during the spring evaluation period they were hoping to get him on campus a couple weeks ago it didn't happen because of his track and field schedule so hopefully the plan is for him to visit with his uh, defensive lineman teammate and another Michigan target, Joseph Mupoyi. So hopefully that comes to fruition sometime later this spring or summer. John, any thoughts from you about Nicholas Harbor? I, I can't imagine you'd have anything terrible to say about the kid. Yeah, only that he was my number one and you stole it from me. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to cheat. Go I was going to cheat and just say Arch, Archbishop Carroll and put Nick Harbor and Joseph Mupoy in the same one there. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two. Legit I almost did the same prospects. thing for my number two, if I'm being honest, but I, yeah. I just went with the one. So, but yeah, go ahead. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, those two are top of the board type guys. I mean, Landing Harbor would be huge. Um, I think he, he's kind of turning into a viral athlete here. To, like everyone's starting to catch on and uh, realize how much of a freak he is just in the general public, not like, you know, like recruiting guys like us. So um, that'd be pretty cool to see if Michigan could land him. Um, yeah. And I think what landing him uh, helps with Mupoy and vice versa. So I think Mike Elston could honestly spend the whole week in the, the D.C. area in Maryland and recruit all the D-line prospects he's got there. So um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I guess yeah. I'll just kind of audible on the fly and pick another guy as my number one that Elston should go see, and that's a five-star Keon Keeley in um, Tampa, Florida, uh, Berkeley Prep. Um, you know, he got – Elston got – Keeley to commit to Notre Dame when he was there. Um, and I was trying to flip him back. Um, once uh, Brian Kelly left for LSU, he kind of opened up his recruitment. He's been visiting, you know, Alabama, Florida, looking at like Ohio State and stuff like that. Um, you know, Michigan's been trying to working on getting him up for a visit, uh, but hasn't been quite been able to yet. So if they can get an official from him over the summer or something like that, that'd be huge and kind of reconnect with Elston and uh, hopefully get him to, to flip. Yeah, uh, he is an immense talent as well. And it's crazy how many defensive linemen they're in on in this class. And obviously, they're not going to get all of them. But, man, I mean, Mike Elston has Michigan in the recruitments for a ton of top talent along the defensive line. He certainly is a premier talent along the defensive line. Uh, as are the two that we just mentioned with Mupoyi and Nicholas Harbor. I, I, they're really in it for a ton of these guys, and they're making it a top priority, this position, uh, specifically defensive end in this class. So I, I'm excited to see how it all shakes out because they they are going after a ton of guys. And it, it seemed like for a couple of weeks there, John, you know, like every day I would log on to Twitter and it would be another kid announcing that he got a, an offer from Mike Elston in Michigan. And it's like, Oh, okay. Another defensive lineman. So they've offered 62 and 63. I mean, they've, <laughs> I don't know how many kids they've offered specifically, but it's been a ton along the defensive line. So yeah, I, I think all the guys that we've mentioned today are top of the board type guys that they would take uh, in a heartbeat. My number one's kind of boring, John. And I, I know you didn't even have them on your list at all. And quite honestly, I understand why, but it's Dante Moore for me. And uh, he's the only quarterback that they're recruiting in this class. Uh, he's the top talent in the state. He's a five-star guy, top 10 player in the class. Uh, I would argue that he is number one overall on the board. And you would imagine that with all of the attention that Michigan is giving him, um, you know, with him being the only quarterback that they've really offered in this class all the other guys have either committed somewhere else or they don't really have like a, a great shot with as <laughs> the one guy in that category would be arch manning in my opinion but yeah I, I really think that they need to continue to go all out for dante moore because he, he visited notre dame recently and he's very open uh, to leaving the state of michigan um, not only just Notre Dame, but so many other schools going after him, Miami and LSU being like the two main ones, in my opinion, uh, that are down south that have a legitimate shot with him. So it really seems like no matter what Michigan is doing at this point, uh, he, he's kind of still just being receptive and open to these other programs. So I think if Michigan slips up at all and kind of 
takes away some of the attention, even though they're going uh, 100% all in uh, for him at this point. I think even if they take some of the attention away, offer another quarterback, perhaps, um, I I think it would be a huge detriment to him and he would just uh, be turned off a little bit by it. So I I think at this point, you just continue to uh, treat him like he's the only quarterback that they're recruiting, even though it's, it's technically not true. They had uh, the other in-state kid from Warren D. LaSalle um, uh, on campus, I think last week or uh, very recently. And he's, he doesn't have an offer, but Michigan is certainly keeping him um, in their back pocket in case Dante Moore does end up somewhere else. So um, again, I, I kind of just attribute my number one pick here to being a, a homegrown kid, a five-star player, uh, a quarterback, which is always a position of need, but especially in this cycle, which is a cycle after you've taken two projects in Jaden Denigal and Alex Orgy. Um He's just a surefire number one player on the board. So Harbaugh, Weiss, Shrone Moore, Bellamy, uh, Steve Klink scale, pretty much get the whole coaching staff over to MLK High School in Detroit and uh, make sure that he's the only QB that they're currently recruiting. Um, So that's my long-winded spiel on Dante Moore. What are your thoughts about that, Johnny boy? Yeah, I mean, he's the obvious guy. I just didn't include him because I figured you would and, you know, wanted to spread the love to other guys. Um, but it's pretty unquestioned that he's the top guy that needs to be visited. Um, you know, it's a short drive. He, they could get multiple coaches over there um, to the high school, and they probably will just because he's that important. So, um, you know, they I think they are kind of exploring other options quietly uh, just in case, you know, to keep their uh, options open. But, you know, they are really hoping to that he's the one guy that they end up landing in this class. So, uh, you know, they're going to keep going until the, the, the bell is rung, you know, they're not going to give yeah. up uh, no matter what the perception is. So we're, uh, you know, he's priority number one across all positions here. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen often where you get a five-star in the state of Michigan. Like I know Will Johnson, he was just literally in the last cycle of five-star in the state of Michigan. But I mean, since, I've been covering recruiting. I can only think of three. Um, can, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but it's those two guys. And then Donovan Peoples Jones are like the three that really stick out to me recently, at least since I've been with Mason Brew covering recruiting. So you, when the opportunity strikes, you got to just go all out and recruit those guys and, and make sure that they end up in Ann Arbor. Because if, like, let's be real. Like it, it would be kind of annoying <laughs> as a Michigan fan. If Dante Moore went to Notre Dame, like I, I just, it, it, it sucks. Like, like you wrote in, in the story that we're going to post on Mason brew uh, later this week uh, with these Notre Dame, Michigan recruiting battles. It's just, it's so frustrating to see a kid get recruited by Michigan. And then you watch their film and you're like, wow, this kid's really good. He's a top ranked talent. He's you know, either from the state of Michigan or he's uh, from the Midwest. It, it seems like a shoe in. And then all of a sudden he goes to Notre Dame and you're just like, man, like what, what could have been, but he, he ends up going to uh, be a fighting Irishman instead. Um, Rocco Spindler being like the one that uh, sticks out to me as of recently, obviously there've been way, way more and Michigan's had their, uh, uh, their, their comebacks in, in the recruiting battles with, you know, brain McGregor was one that, uh, Notre Dame fans were really pissed about. 
and Michigan had a Morgan Walker flip on signing day this past year um, from Notre Dame to Michigan. So it's just, it, it seems like this is going to be a continual thing for forever and ever in, in football recruiting. So we kind of just have to get used to it. So um, <laughs> bottom line, if Dante Moore goes to uh, Notre Dame, I'm going to be kind of upset about it. Um, even though, uh, you, you know, it's not like Michigan will have to play against him because uh, their next scheduled game is in like 20, when is it like 2030 something 2033 or something it's it's like in a decade so it's not like they're gonna have to deal with him um you know being in the big 10 or going to michigan state or ohio state or anything like that but still kind of just would just be annoying (laughs) to to me i don't know how you feel about that john but it would just be kind of annoying no a hundred percent like i think the what i was trying to say in the article too is like the programs are so similar um yeah you know, I just called it the narcissism of small differences where like the culture you know the the history the blue blood status um but not you know quite as recently um you know it's all the same so just kind of annoying to see Notre Dame um kind of out recruiting Michigan right now and they just went through a coaching change and stuff um, yeah Michigan's coming off a playoff appearance and stuff but it kind of shows where Michigan could be at if they stack these appearances like Notre Dame has and be a consistent, you know, top 10 program. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think they could start changing some momentum here. Um, hopefully during this evaluation period and once, once um, they start getting kids on campus for officials and stuff. So we'll see how it goes. Um, I think Notre Dame's schedule is really tough. Uh, starting off with uh, Ohio state, they're playing, you know, at BYU, Clemson, USC, you know, these, there's, you know, potential that they uh, finish with a worse record than they than their team talent actually is. Um, so Michigan just has to keep uh, keep these recruitments alive, keep extending the, their timelines um, and giving them a fighting chance here. And I think they can pull out a win in a couple of these ones. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think they will. And, and like I said, this it's like Duke, Duke and North Carolina basketball. They just go back and forth with wins. It's It's never like one team clearly has the advantage over the other. It's always like Michigan gets one kid, Notre Dame gets one kid. So that's kind of what it's going to be like moving forward. So hopefully Michigan winds up uh, landing Dante Moore, because if they don't, then it's going to get really, really interesting at the quarterback position. But that's a conversation uh, for another day, if and when we cross that bridge. But that's all the time we got uh, for Future Brew today. We appreciate you listening as always. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And follow me and Brew, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we would appreciate you subscribing to the YouTube channel and give all of our podcasts five-star reviews. Subscribe to our podcasts as well. And we certainly do appreciate all your guys' support very, very much. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll catch you guys next week. Go Blue.